one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. It's now time to prepare for the descent into the Voil Chasm which means there's a lot to see to in a short amount of time. New identities are forged, climbing gear is purchased, and strange inventions are experienced. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory continue to uncover the past. The two of you head back down to your room. Anything specific that you want to tell Nehemiah or just kind of explain the situation? Just a general explanation, I think. Uh, as soon as they walk in the room, Smallrin looks at Nehemiah and says, I think we need to rename all of ourselves. You know, I was thinking about that and like the first time literally anybody asked for our name, it's like, oh yeah, we probably should be. Because we all got a bit of a reputation in our own way, so yeah. I think that's a smart. Any ideas? It might take a little time for me. Most of yeah. my aliases are from when I worked here, so they would be recognizable to the wrong people. Mm. Brex stands up and goes to the wall next to it and picks up their shield and turns it around and shows it to all of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what are the names on the back there again? They are Kylan, Drav, Aveline, and era. And remind me real quick, what is the provenance of the shield? These are the names of Brex's companions from before they became Brex. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. And the thought is that one of these names is Brex's original name, mm -hmm. but you haven't gone too far as to which one. Yeah. Which one are you, B? Points to Drav. Had a feeling. You strike me as a Drav. <laughs> We'll stick with Drav for you, then. Either you two have any preferences, which one? Oh, no, I'm so torn between all of them. They all have different personalities in my head, so I will take whatever's left, I think. I will simply put it out there as someone who has used aliases in the past. Mm -hmm. It might be best to stick with things that sound close to our real names. Especially, and I mean this with... She pauses and has to think for a second. A certain amount of affection. Jory. Yes? You may want to go with either Kylan or Era, because they are also two-syllable names. 
era might be better because it ends with a vowel sound? Sure. Era. Era. If someone calls you by that name, you need to be able to respond to it. Yes. I'll stick with Kylan then. And Smaller and smirks a little and says, I was actually thinking Aveline is closer to the number of syllables in Nehemiah. Eh, you're not wrong. (laughs) Are you going to fight about it? I don't know. I feel feel like... I'll I'll stick with Aveline. That's fine. Oh dear. Okay. Kylan will be Smallrin. Kylan Smallrin. Brex slowly nods, and their visor goes a blue-green for a moment, Mm. and then sets the shield back against the wall and sits down on the bed. And the rest of you take care of your own personal things, plan to get up tomorrow morning, get what supplies you need, and start to head on on your way. Sounds good. You all have an exceedingly restful sleep. As the sun goes down, you assume the lights in the room, the ambient lighting that seems to come from nowhere in particular, starts to dim as well. And eventually it is fully dark. There is a couple of small glow globes next to the hypnotic nanny if you would like to use them during the course of the night and need light longer than the sun is up, you can. But as the sun sets, so does the light. And the rest you have is very, very calm, very peaceful. You wake up the next morning as the ambient light starts to slowly increase as the sun rises. Again, you assume being many feet underground As soon as one of you gets up, Brex is also up. Mm -hmm. Has just been waiting for someone to be awake. Aw. Buddy. Who gets up first? Probably me. Smallrin's probably up and about. Whatever the equivalent is of like the hotel room coffee maker. There's a little cart with some hot drinks. You all wake up, reconvene, grab some breakfast from the restaurant up top. There's a plethora of breakfast pastries, some light protein and meats, some what looks like poultry eggs of some sort, and various vegetables that you can add on to any of those things. Mm -hmm. Get your fill, and notice that you do not see Lem, and you do not see Sale, but you do see Kyrith kind of walking around again. She does not approach you, Mm -hmm. but kind of does... I'll say catch at least one of your, if not a couple of your eyes, just kind of like making note that you're here. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you kind of thing. Not in a sinister way, but just a, I make note of your being here. And then you can head out to start gathering your materials. Is there anything you're looking for besides the climbing equipment that Lem had suggested? Obviously rations, that sort of thing, in case we get sure. lost. Mm. Any pathfinding sort of stuff too? Breadcrumb sure. style? Maybe there's something like that. Smallrin also kind of brings up, during the traveling phase while we're moving, I did purposefully only ask for one more night at the inn because I'm unsure whether we will be returning before we actually found this. Do we think that we'll need to be camping out? or I'm unclear on exactly how intensive this is going to get and whether we should be spending nights down in the chasm. I'd say we should prepare for the worst. If perchance we get caught up in flowers, we may be gone a month. And ideally that won't happen. Well, 
we're getting caught up for a month, there's really not a whole lot we can do to prep for that. I mean, that's true. That's true. But perhaps some kind of small accommodations in case we get stranded-ish? We probably should not leave anything at the downgrade on the off chance we can't return and they simply throw it away. Yeah, no, we gotta take everything with us. Nehemiah would actually probably run up to the front desk and just see if we can extend the stay by at least another night. That way we've got, in case we do end up like underground for a night, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll say kind of between the experience of the three of you, you get the idea that it would be possible to go down and back within a day, but that would probably be on the chance that you don't run into any trouble and Mm -hmm. you don't have anything delaying you and there isn't any reason for you to have to like spend a night down there. No, this is, Um, this is definitely a plan for the worst hope for the best kind of situation. Sure. Well, and also I feel like down and back in a day assumes that we know exactly where we're going and exactly what we're looking for, which we don't. Right. Exactly. The princess might not be in this castle. We might go, (laughs) we might go to the first ruin and realize that it's not there. You all have camping equipment. You made the entire journey here. You mm. have the stuff you need to spend a night somewhere outdoors if need be. That's not a problem. You have that with you. What you don't have is extended rations and you don't have climbing equipment. So after you extend your stay at the downgrade, you go and see Yari. Mm-hmm. Doing a little bit of asking around, people point you to the shop. It's kind of newer, smaller, and this is not a shop that you recognize, something that's Mm -hmm. popped up in the time since you've left here. But it is very new and sleek and very attractive to like the like a newer generation of explorers. This is this is not your mama's delving shop. (laughs) Right, right, exactly that. You walk in and it's a lot of like brushed metal, brushed steel, big glass windows on the front with like a massive display case, really bright lighting, industrial meets, warm wood tone feel. And there is an eccentrically dressed, shorter person behind the desk as you walk in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Yari Station. How can I help you? We're here looking for some, uh, Delving equipment, specifically climbing and potentially rations, although it seems like you might be more in the uh, hardware line. I am more in the hardware line, you are correct. However, while I don't sell your typical rations, I can get you hooked up with protein powder dehydrated style of food, if that's what you're into. I'm into it. (laughs) Awesome. Let me show you the climbing gear first and then we'll go from there. Yari is a total bro. (laughs) <laughs> do we get a gym pitch to us as well? <laughs> uh, you do not okay. get the gym pitch. Uh, there's not a gym attached. <laughs> but it does look like Yari regularly goes somewhere to work out. All right, so we got uh, we got two different lines of climbing equipment here. Uh, one meant for like hauling things, a whole lot of uh, making sure that that weight is really supported up and down on your journey. And then one that's meant for speed. One that's really uh, honed in for getting up and down as quickly as possible. Still very sturdy, but not meant to hold like a huge haul. Kind of depends on what you're going for. I would rather go for security than speed, I think. Oh, the other one's secure, don't get me wrong. It just just can't quite hold as much weight. And at hearing that, Brex just goes straight over (laughs) to the one that holds more weight and just grabs one off the shelf. (laughs) 
Whoa, hey there, big boy. Uh, all right, yeah. No, I guess that's uh, that's the one you're going to pick. That sounds that sounds pretty good. You uh, seem like the hefty sort. Awesome. I think around for the party of those. We aren't sure how much we'll be bringing back this one. And she gestures to Jory. Has a habit for picking up what she can find and bringing it with her. That's true. <laughs> Not a lie. <laughs> Let's keep with the solid ones then. Great, great. So, have you guys done a lot of climbing before? A little bit. Cool, 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 cool. Great. I can trust you with the more advanced set of things. I don't have to uh, give you the beginner's setup. I can take the advanced. I don't know. How is everybody else feeling? I think we'll be all right. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. I did enough friggin' back in the day. Great, great, great. There's six shins a piece, the, mm. the setup here, but it's a little bit more than if you just want to get this, uh, but we do have a special running. If you get that, plus one of our tool sets, I can give you the whole thing for 10 shins. Mm. Sure, sounds good to me. Yep, let's do it. Awesome. Uh, what kind of tool sets are there? There are light tools, heavy tools, there is a grappling tool set, and an explorer's kit. Mm. I think most of you have explorers. Yeah, I have an explorer's pack and a pack of light tools, but uh, Smarin will go over and pick up the grappling kit. Sure. I've been thinking about getting one of these anyway. And so with that, you get a grappling hook, a length of rope to go with it. We'll say 50 feet of rope to go with it, along with a compass and some climbing spikes. Nehemiah will take the light tools. Okay. What about Jory? Since Jory's the delve, do you want to ask about maybe the heavy tool kit? Yes. The bag of heavy tools has a hammer, climbing spikes, crowbar, tongs, chisel, and metal cape. Yes, I will take that. Brex just goes with the climbing gear. Mm-hmm. Brex does have a little bit of money. Rufus sent them with a small pouch to help pay their way a little bit of things. Not as much as the lot of you have, but is able to put down six shins for a set of climbing equipment. Awesome, it's been great doing business with you. Are you sure, uh, does anyone want any of the uh, protein powders, energy drinks, uh, freeze-dried rations, dehydrators that I can offer you? Nope, I'm good, I'm flat broke. I did want to ask, obviously we have some traditional glow globes, but those can be limited in range and limited in time. Do you have anything if we were to find ourselves in extended darkness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a couple uh, major glow globes. Those ones uh, function continuously. They they never dim out the way the, the smaller ones do. I mean, I also just have some torches. I think perhaps a major glow globe. How much? Yeah, for sure. Major ones are uh, a bit hefty. Numenera uh, comes a little bit at a higher price here, but they are 30 apiece. Is anyone willing to go halvesies on a major glow globe? I'd love to, but I am flat broke. Yeah, I, I, I kind of spent everything I got on the rooms and extending that stay. All right. In that case, then perhaps some torches. For sure. Puts a pack of two torches on the counter. There's shin a piece, pack of two. All right. Smarin puts down the shins. It's been really great doing business with you. I hope to see you back soon and uh, happy delving. Thank you very much. Catch you later, friends. <laughs> you do have the dehydrator rehydrator that Fahura sent with you, the one that Small One had asked if you could put hands in. Not like a whole person, just, uh-huh. you know, part of them. So you do have that. So if you wanted to buy some, like, food from the vendors in the area, you could probably dehydrate it and have it keep 
on the course of your trip rather than uh-huh. having to get uh, specific trail-safe rations, mm-hmm. which would probably end up being cheaper. And he wouldn't want to bum me a shin to get a very spicy rainbow type treat no. that we can then dehydrate. No. Are you sure? No. It, it will be make... spicier, dry it out. <laughs> I know. Isn't that That's crazy? just the spice at that point. See, like you've I... got nothing carrying it over your but no. See, if I if I can get that smooth, then I can come back to the stall and do the regular one like it's nothing. This is not the time. <laughs> Okay. You know I am usually down for shenanigans, but now is not the time. That's true, but if we get bored down there, I'm going to point at you. You know, if you you can blame me if we get bored. That's fine. I'm I'm going to do that. Also, I will point out that as a goal-oriented mission, hopefully we're not bored. Yeah. If we're bored, we're probably not doing it right. It's incredibly... Mm. It's not going to happen. I just wanted to... uh, uh, get the spice no it's a pride thing i get it (laughs) the pride thing (laughs) speaking of boredom gm intrusion small run your orb starts sending you little pings and you realize in this moment that brex is not with you you have been out in the streets and you've kind of been walking like more towards like the food areas of things and Brex is not by your side any longer and your orb hones in to a vendor across the market in a different stall and Brex is holding on to something it looks like a belt of some sort and the shopkeeper that is there is getting increasingly upset with Brex and as Brex tries to leave the stall the shopkeeper starts calling for the Thryn. Cool. Smallrin is through the crowd. (laughs) So here's the question. Do you accept the intrusion and take an XP for yourself and one for someone else, or would you like to spend an XP to change the outcome of this? Um, I will take the intrusion. So you take one for yourself. Who would you like to give one to? Who notices that you are heading off first? Probably Nehemiah. So I'm going to give that to Nehemiah. Okay. You head over to the stall as the shopkeeper is yelling, guards, guards, he, he's stealing from my stall. Friend, mercy and justice. Smallrin slides up next to him, puts a hand on Brex's shoulder and very gently doesn't try to take it from him, but also puts a hand on the belt. Drav, we've spoken about this. Other people don't understand what your face colors mean. You need one of us to help translate when you want to buy things. And emphasizes the word buy. And when you say not everyone else understands your face colors, you look up at Brex's visor and it is white. That's (laughs) pure white. And their grip tightens around the belt. Smallrin pats very gently on his shoulder and again, does not try to take the belt from him. I'm pretty sure she realizes what's going on. And at this point, there are four guards that are kind of like jogging into the area and surrounding the two of you. Nehemiah, as the guards come up, you are right behind. And Jory, I will say you follow behind that. But Nehemiah is a little bit, noticed a little bit before you. So I'm going to beeline for the merchant to try and smooth this over. Yeah. As I like am walking past Brex and I'm seeing this belt, can I make out any details about it that might 
give me any yeah. indication as far as what's going on here? Absolutely. As you kind of go past it, go ahead and roll me perception level three. Perception, I am trained in that. Success with a five. Awesome. Hmm? You are kind of like moving past and trying to get a bead on the belt. And Breck kind of grips it tighter. And you see it's a leather belt with metal plates on mm-hmm. the outside. And they look almost to be like giving off some faint light, like it's glowing a little bit. Sure. But on the inside, it looks like the leather's been engraved or there's some sort of a stamp on the mm-hmm. inside. And it is stamped with the name Aveline. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I walk up to the uh, merchant and I said, hey there, what's going on? This brute is trying to take things from me. Won't okay. listen to a word that I'm saying. You could very clearly tell he can't talk. He was c- trying to find one of us to help translate for him. We could have left the merchant, I swear he is. I'm Aveline. What can I do? The belt just took it right from my table without doing anything other than either that needs to be paid for or they're going to be dragged off. Hold on. Let me see here. Let me see this belt. So I'll walk over and make a bit of a show of looking at it and... Sure immediately cock my head. Thank you, Drav. Mm-hmm. Can I see this belt for just a second, Drav? Um, hmm. Hold on. Smallrin, especially since she currently has a hand on him, I'm going to spend three intellect for intense interaction. Okay. Gives me an asset on intimidating, persuading, and influencing people for ten minutes. Okay, okay. So Smallrin's gonna kind of lean up and like murmur to Brex. We're not going to take it from you, but he needs to be able to explain. We'll get it back. Just for a moment. You trust him. I'm going to have you both roll persuasion level four, and then whatever assets or skills that you have and are currently using, you may apply to that. I'm going to spend for a point of effort, and then I have the asset now. Okay. That is a success with a seven from me. Okay. That is a failure with a five for me. Okay. Brex holds on to the belt tight when, Nehemiah, you ask, can I see that? Mm-hmm. Uh, just let me take it back over. But at Smallrin's word, relax is just a hair. The visor does not change, but mm-hmm. their grip loosens and their hand opens, and you're able to take it out okay. and take it over to the merchant. Yeah. The guards have surrounded them and are starting to, like one has also gone over with you yeah. back to the merchant to have a conversation. Jory, you're in the mix as well now too. As I get the belt, I make a show of recognition. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So I walk over back to the merchant. Where'd you get the belt? I sell oddities. People sell things and trade things to me all the time. Let me rephrase. Where did you get my belt? And I put it on the table where it has my name carved in. I lost this thing ages ago, got nicked. One night when we were out camping, someone went ahead and raided us. And now I find my belt on your stand. What kind of people are you dealing with there? Look, I don't know. Adventurers come through all the time and sell things to me. How am I supposed to know the difference between a raider and a trustworthy explorer? They look the same. Literally any due diligence. What am I supposed to say? I'm sorry, was this stolen? And what are they going to say? They're going to lie to me. Maybe work with a couple of people who you know. I mean, clearly you don't care, so I guess that's too much to ask of somebody. How much were you hawking my stuff for? Three shins for the belt. I will 
reach in to like the bottom of my pouch, throw three shins on. Darn blood money. I turn to the guard. Can we go ahead and have this resolved? My friend can't talk. Clearly, they were a little worked up because they saw my things in this person's possession. The guard looks to you, to the vendor, back to you. Keep them under control, won't you? I'll keep them under control. You keep this one under control. Clearly, they're working with some kind of shady sorts. Our business is our business, not yours. (sighs) Fine. I'll walk back over and kind of make a show of putting it on and put a hand on Rex, like, get it back, just suck it. Where do you go after this? Where do you take them? Unless there's any other reason, I say we start making for the chasm. Cool. You can pick up some food on the way as you're going, yeah. just like like quick, like, you know, various things kind of from the, the stalls on the way. Smallrin offers to like break off and pick up a few things and like meet them at a, a spot that she describes just to get Brex out of the crowd as quickly as possible. Absolutely. You get Brex out of the crowd, and as there is fewer and fewer people around, the visor does shift a little bit. It's more of like a pastel blue, like Mm. not back to what it should be, but a little more with it. (sighs) Also, Smarin keeps an eye out for when the Thrin that were present with us are no longer in view and can't see us anymore. Mm -hmm. And once we're out of their sight range, kind of nudges Nehemiah and says, Mm -hmm. you can give it back. I immediately pass it back off. Brex has it in their hands and now is kind of just like walking slowly, like looking at it Mm. in their palms. Buddy, I go ahead and stash that away while we're here in town in case any of the three come back our way. You get a very slow nod. We'll get out of here soon enough. Never like this place. Jory, what are you doing at the moment? Having the feels. Big time. (laughs) Sort of picturing what I would do if I'd found something, somebody's, and um, trying to constantly have some kind of hand on Rex, like gentle, gentle pat, pat. I've forgotten about food. Um, <laughs> right past that spicy stand, no thoughts. You are keeping a hand on Rex, and you're just kind of lost in your own mind and emotions for a moment and the group kind of takes a sharp turn around a corner, and as you're following, you kind of go a little bit wider than everyone else, and you bump into something, and immediately from head to toe are soaked in spontaneous rain. Just like a like a rain cloud opens up right above you. Oh. <laughs> hey. And you hear a voice, and you look around you, and there's this very ridiculously complex machine, like very much cobbled together, like in Beauty and the Beast, like her father makes, like it's just made from a bunch of random stuff, but it like does a very weird and specific thing. Mm-hmm. There's a broom in there somewhere. <laughs> right, it's a bunch of cobbled together, like bits of Numenera, but also like household objects and a whole bunch of stuff here. And you'd bumped into this device, and you hear a voice kind of from the other side of the cart that it's being pushed on. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. What have you, what have you, are you, you are so very wet now. Uh, can I offer you a towel? I'm, that's not supposed to, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm just very wet and I will step out and then back in and then out and then back. After 30 seconds, the rain cloud dissipates. Okay. Uh, you, you've bumped into my cloud machine. <laughs> 
That does tend to happen, doesn't it? I, well, this is the first time that someone's ever kind of run into it headlong. I, I do distinctly apologize for the situation that you're, you're in. You've made a cloud machine. I, I have made a cloud machine. You've made a cloud machine. Yes. Uh, did, did, was I not clear the first time I said... Is it a brain machine or is it a cloud machine? Well, it's a cloud machine. Okay, uh, so Whatever kind of clouds are kind of dependent on the situation. What situation? Because it reads thoughts. There's a lot of them. Uh, oh, yes. Does it make... What? Can it read thoughts? Like, if I'm sad, will it rain? And if I'm happy, will there be like a little sunbeam through the clouds? Is it that type of You know, thing? I wouldn't doubt that that is the case of this in this matter, but I don't think I've tested it that thoroughly. Maybe that's why it was rejected. <laughs> rejected from what? The governor. I tried to sell it to her, but uh, she wasn't having any of it. Well, that's a shame. I think it's quite clever. I'm considering trying to sell it to that person they call Quanon. Yeah. Yes. That's an idea. Or farmers. Well, here. Maybe. Let me, let me, he hands you like a towel. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That he has. Do we notice that Jory's gone? <laughs> After like a little bit more time than you expected, you notice that Jory is far behind you. Mm-hmm. And you can we're, circle back. We What's get a name? block and we're like, gosh darn it, we've lost another one. <sighs> yeah. No. We seriously got to like start just like tying <laughs> each other leash to kids. each other. Get leash. some leashes well, going or and something. And I'm picturing it as like Nehemiah and Smarin having Brex and Jory on little leashes. <laughs> that yep. will never I, lose them. Yep. Either that or one of those ropes with handles on it that preschoolers use. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm Caitlin. Ah. Well, it's nice to meet you. And you as well. And what's your name? Uh, uh, Era. Well, it's very nice to meet you, Era. Ah, thank you. You got the emphasis right, too. That's the hardest part. <laughs> I try to be very intentional about such things. That's very good. So you And the, the rest of you walk up onto this scene. I do want to throw out we have a Kylan and a Kalen in this oh, that's, game. Yeah, that's... I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> no worries. I just want to throw it out there. How many other vowels can we collect into that word structure? <laughs> Colon. Wait, nope, that's already <laughs> nope, a thing. Nope. Colon, nope, nope. wait, no, also already a different thing. That's fair. Coolin. It's like it's like the cool version. They've got yeah, sunglasses on. Oh, well, so having trouble finding a buyer for this. Uh, are these your friends then? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh say hello. Good to meet you. Uh, mm-hmm. to Kylan and Abilene and Drav. It's nice to meet all of you. Likewise. Um, we found ourselves an inventor. Oh. I said that as if that. we were looking for one specifically, and we happened to stumble upon one, but I don't think we were looking for one, we just happened to stumble. That's too bad, then. That would have been a great stroke of luck for you. It would have been, but you've invented a cloud that can rain, or can do other things. We're not no, I've it. created a machine that makes clouds that sometimes rain. Well... <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> Can we take him with us? Smallrin has no strong feelings. Bridget wants him to be our friend. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you have a card or something that we could keep in case we have need of a cloud machine. Cloud machine. A card? Yes. No, a, a, like a way to contact me. Yes. Is that what you're asking? Yes, yes. Uh, here, here. And reaches into his cart and finds like a scrap of fabric and scribbles down an address. Uh-huh. Mm. There you are. That's my workshop. We'll be sure to stop in before we leave town. Wonderful. It'd be great to see you. I have a lot of things in the works. Mm. Yeah, we're uh, we're back to head down into the chasm, so we want to get an earlier, as early a start as we can. Yep. 
Well, best of luck to you then. Appreciate the shower. I will hand back the towel. (laughs) Of course. uh, It's nice to uh, stay tidy. (laughs) Yes, it is. I'm not the adventuring sort. I'm the tinkering sort. Or else I might uh, come along for the adventure. But I think I would just slow you down. Fair enough. Do you ever do any tinkering for adventuring sorts? I've done my fair share of that kind of thing. I'm normally liking to uh, do things out of my own imagination, but I do take commissions from time to time. Is there something you had in mind? Not immediately, but it is always good to know where to find the nearest inventor. Well, I don't know that I'm the nearest one. My my shop is on the other side of town, <laughs> but I am a good one. Fair enough. Well, it was good to meet you. Mm-hmm. You as well. Safe travels, and may your ciphers never malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to take him home with us and make him be friends with Rufus. <laughs> yep. Correct. Agreed. It would cause such chaos together. Kaylin starts pushing the cart again and wanders off with their cloud machine. (sighs) Well, I think it's about time that we delve into the unknown from Frozen 2 starts playing very quietly in the background. See, now I know. You see, I've got the Yu-Gi-Oh theme. It's time to delve. Also very good. You make your way to the edge of the chasm. And again, this is the more affluent part of town. The closer to the edge you get, the richer and more fine the buildings are, the larger the dwellings are, the more upper class everything feels. Mm -hmm. There are almost like docks on a pier or on a body of water. There are stations for you to head down into into the chasm. There are some that are more like if you're going down to the shops and the dwellings that are still on the kind of upper part of that. This is the path you would take there. If you are going down to explore or look for things, there are kind of separate places that will take you past the more residential or business areas. And at first it's like, oh, that's really convenient. That's that's really great. We don't have to worry about getting all the way through it. But it becomes clearer as you're going through that this isn't about your convenience. It's about the upper class not wanting to see the rabble walking their streets. Hmm. And you make it up to one of these stations that has a lift that will take you down immediately to a lower level. Say a thousand feet down of the 3,000 that you, you know you're gonna eventually kind of needing to be going. Well, but I can't think of a better place to start. You walk up to the lift, and there is a Thryn guard there. Mm. Looks at the four of you. Name and purpose. I'm Aveline. This is Drev, Era, and Kaylin. Heading down. Heading down for what? Looking for somebody. Right. Yeah. And the guard then essentially takes out, like, a washable, like, paint stamp. Mm. Sure. And asks you to hold out like a hand or your arm or something Mm -hmm. and puts a stamp on each one of you. Basically, like you've been approved to go down. Mm. All right. The tone with which they say this is, there's no like actual joy or good wishes in it, but they do say happy delving. Mm -hmm. All the enthusiasm of a laser quest referee delivering the rules. Correct. (laughs) And you get into the lift and start going down. 
and you see the other side of the chasm through a glass front elevator. Uh, you lower and you see all the pipes and bits of Numenera coming out of the side, some of them still, again, kind of forming these houses and businesses that you are passing by. But as you get deeper and deeper, it is less touched, less worked into. Still clearly paths and areas that you can move. This is fairly well-traveled. It is a common thing for people to come down into this area and explore, but it's not made to be lived in, stayed in, homey. Gotcha. And the lift stops, and you are put out onto a path that heads east to west. You start making your heading for the southwest edge. Cool, cool. Delving time. Delving time. Thank you so much for listening to episode 82 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On that website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store, and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. At even the lowest level, you get access to our Discord server, where there is just so much awesome behind-the-scenes stuff going on across all of the GLM properties. We would love to have you there. And in that vein, I would love to thank Justin Kay, Stark, and Rin for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. As always, you can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.